Welcome to Much More Much Year with Pup Duffy and Kara Lane, an Aunt Imagination production. born into a very musical family and my dad was a drummer for like 80s hair bands when he was younger my age so it's kind of a special thing for me to be able to do music like he was doing also when he was my age um and he got to tour like down to florida and stuff with his band we're from michigan and uh i've always been into music like loved listening to it and uh i started playing guitar when I was eight, I started taking lessons, but uh, I hated it. I absolutely hated the lessons at first because um, it's just, it's hard work when you're that young and you want to just, you want to just play and you want to be good. Um, so it was tough for me to kind of put in that work and realize, oh, to get results, you have to actually like work and practice. Um, but yeah, I grew up in a musical family and it's always something that I wanted to do. And I finally got the courage to finally do my own songs and stuff like that this past year. So, so are we going to name drop? Can you name drop some of these eighties bands that dad thrashed out with? <laughs> so a few of the names I know, they, they weren't on the label or anything like that. Um, but I know one was called Mary go down M E R R Y. And, uh, <laughs> Another one was Stingray, I know. And yeah, they were all 80s rockers and he would wear the uh, latex nice. pants and had the hair down to his side and stuff like that. So, Right. Uh, yeah. Ripped t-shirt mandatory. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I got the 80s were a good time for music, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, their music still, the 80s music is great to even play now. I love it. And it's so funny. Um, it could be, and you are by no means as old as I am, but you can heard like a song just a couple times, but it's, they were such great songwriters that it's very, it's a, they have a hook. They're very catchy, right? Mm -hmm. It's a little parasite that gets in your brain. 10 years later, 20 years later, if it comes on the radio on the oldie station, of course, yeah. you know it, <laughs> you know, at least, the chorus from it because they were yeah. such incredible songwriters to to get people's attention and that was i mean it was bigger it was flashier right mm -hmm. it was all about the spectacle and the performance uh going back real quick to the the music lessons do you think as a creative person you know as a creative soul and mind the way the way you you think and you you are do you think it was too structured do you think like the whole you have to do it at this time. You have to do it for this long, like hampered you. Um, I think definitely with me in the guitar lessons was there's like certain steps you should kind of take in order to reach your best potential in terms of like learning an instrument, which is like learning the basics, learning, oh, this string is this name. So this string is like E, this string is A and stuff like that. So that stuff was just, it had to be done, but it was just very, I was very impatient. Like 
I was like, okay, I don't want to learn about all that like particular stuff. I just want to play and I want to be able to play what I want to play. So I'm very thankful for the lessons when I look back because that gave me like the push to learn like the basic chords and stuff like that. Um, and I, I think I only did lessons for like maybe a year or so. And then after that, I just learned everything on my own or from YouTube and stuff like that. So. Well, that's, that's pretty cool. And I think, I think a lot of times um, people that want to get into music, get, uh, get into playing an instrument, not everybody can be like, you know, freaking Stevie wonder. They right. can just and start playing. You have to, there's rules, there's basics that you have to, and if you don't know them, you're just going to be like, chang, 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 you know, you're going to yeah. sound like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, and that's something that I'm actually going through with my kids right now too, is that like my oldest did trombone and okay. they went through like that whole, like learning that thing and it was boring and <laughs> mm -hmm. they hated it. And then, you know, my other one played trumpet and it was boring and like he likes the trumpet but learning it's just been the constant theme of their like lives and now my daughter is learning flute and she's like i hate this because like you have to have it positioned just so and do just oh, this yeah. and <laughs> so she's like i hate this this is the most boring thing ever and i was like it's going to be boring in the beginning you're learning how to do things you're learning how to play so i mean it's nice to know that it's, it's, I'm going to show this to my kids and be like, see, everybody starts there. They start there yeah. in that moment of learning where they're just like, this is the worst. This is a drag. This is boring. I don't want to do this anymore. So. Yeah. Well, that yeah. was me. Well, and just to chime in real quick, I was definitely, I am definitely a band parent and to listen to the rehearsals. I mean, they'll play again, trumpet. They'll play the same note like 10 times in a row until everybody gets it right. If you've ever heard, an orchestra or a kid's band tuning up <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> for me it's like ah i can't take it so i can't imagine for you know kids and people i mean adults learn instruments all the time to do something repetitive you you have to actually love this instrument that you've dedicated your life to you know you've dedicated your time to you have to love it you have to know that yeah, I'm going to play these scales repeatedly for three hours, but eventually I'll be out playing, I don't know, taps or whatever, you know, it's, it's, I think what we're, what we're alluding to is that the work is worth it. Right. right. Yeah, I definitely agree. And like you said, you, you did it for about a year and then you learned from YouTube, but that's also work, right? That's also yeah. the time in. Yeah, it's, and it's definitely different because there's like a lot of music theory and stuff like that, which is the proper way you should learn and stuff like that. But I, a lot of that stuff is so confusing for me and I could learn it if I wanted to. I just haven't sat down and really dove into that. But yeah, when I was younger, all I wanted to look up was how to play Crazy Train by Ozzy Osbourne. And I <laughs> play that all the time in my Facebook well that one and what's the other one um uh oh my god it just went straight out of my head so oh, sweet home alabama right oh yeah yeah and the i think it's maggie may rod stewart like those are the those are the songs that people i think a lot of times will learn first on the guitar crazy train that's high expectations for yourself because <laughs> 
Randy, oh my God, he was amazing. Yeah. Right. Brian May, the, you know, uh, the way their fingers just like my kid has a guitar and I can't even make my fingers bend that way. I don't have the coordination. <laughs> to, and I, I just have such admiration for people that get that, get out there and, you know, they freaking do it. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it sounds terrible at first. I won't lie. Like when I started playing, it's like looking back at clips that my mom would record of me playing. I'm just like, Oh my gosh, nails on a chalkboard. But once you do it enough and it just kind of is muscle memory, it's, it's kind of crazy just to see how you go from playing and it sounds like just garbage to playing. And it's something that sounds pretty darn good. Well, what has your journey been? Like starting off with the whole, like, you know, going in and doing your lessons and things like that. How, like, what was your evolution to getting to where you are now? So my lesson started when I was eight. So that was like around 2008. <laughs> um, and I learned the basics and lessons. And then I think for a few years after that, I kind of started just looking up like YouTube videos at home. And then once I got to a certain point of skill level and a lot of musicians um, know what I'm talking about is you hit this wall where you pretty much learned everything you can up until a point where either you have to really work hard to be able to play stuff that's better or harder, or you just kind of sit in that bubble of where you're at. And I was hitting that wall of just like, okay, that's going to be a lot of work to continue to learn harder stuff. So I just kind of stuck in my area with what I was good at for a while. And then uh, that was right around the time where I went into middle school. So once middle school came around, I uh, was way more focused on sports. Like I played football, baseball, everything pretty much in middle school. And that was pretty much my life from like fifth grade through like sophomore year of high school was just kind of focused on sports and I'd play the guitar every now and then. Um, I just wasn't very dedicated at it like I was before. Um, and so my guitar kind of sat in my basement at my house and was collecting dust for a long time. And then um, I think junior or no freshman year of high school, there was a guitar class offered at my high school and I started taking that and that kind of sparked my interest again. Um, so that's kind of what started the fire back in me to play more. And then I, uh, that, yeah, I kind of just started playing more from there and pushing myself to actually do the harder things and stuff like that in terms of playing. Right. It, it has to be an amazing feeling. I would have no idea, but to pick up something, you know, made of, made of wood and metal and string, you know, and to, to pluck, you know, pun intended, these beautiful sounds out of it, you know, it, I just, I can't imagine. It must just be the, one of the most like beautiful experiences, you know? Yeah. It's super cool. to just, like I said, to go from like when you play a chord wrong and hearing a bunch of nasty buzzing or whatever with the strings to go from that to playing and it sounds really cool or really beautiful in terms of like the chords that you're playing it's just super nice to be able to 
play stuff that sounds good because I remember playing stuff in my basement like I said it was just <laughs> it was almost like will it ever be like quality music right. you know what I mean so yeah it's super cool I'm sure so, you're glad that you were in the basement <laughs> yeah well like I said my dad is a I don't know if I mentioned but my dad was a drummer so he uh he had his drums inside so we were used to a loud house <laughs> Oh gosh. Oh gosh. Yeah. Like my, my, my husband's a, a drummer too. So okay. <laughs> we're, we're used to, you know, like we have all of the brass instruments and the percussion. So it's like, yeah, never, never a silent moment in the house. It's great. Um, yep. I do have a question. So like with, with the evolution of you getting to that point um, with like high school and stuff like that, what set you on your path? What was like, yeah, this is, this is where I'm this is where I'm meant to be. This is what I'm going to be doing. And this is who I am. So um, in high school and stuff, and like when I was younger, I always would dream of like playing music and stuff for a living or being an artist and like touring and playing shows. Um, but I was always way too scared. I was a very shy person. Um, definitely was scared or worried about what other people would think of me as well. Um, like if I tried to pursue and play my own music, like, oh, what would somebody think of my songs or this and that? And uh, I ended up going away to college at Grand Valley State University, which is around Grand Rapids area in Michigan. Um, and I had a really good group of friends there who I would like play guitar around and they were very supportive and like, yeah, you're really good. And like, you should do music if you really want to. And uh, I ended up going to this concert um, and it was a Thomas Rhett concert. I don't know if you're familiar with country music, but um, it was Thomas Rhett and I was just watching the show and uh, it was just super like an eye-opening moment for me. It was like, that is cool. That's what I want to do. Like, it was just super cool to see him interact with the crowd and be able to be up there and play his music and just do what he loved to do for a living. Like that is what like sparked that sparked my fire. And I was like, okay, you know what? That's what I want to do. So that's kind of the moment that steered me in the direction to like do my own music and stuff like that. Right. And I would almost guarantee that Thomas Rhett had his moments of, Oh my God, what if they don't like me? His moments of stage fright, maybe, you know, yeah. I, I would say the percentage of people that bounce onto a stage with no, you know, apprehension would be, I, I would think that percentage would be very low. I think it's healthy. It's healthy to, to not doubt yourself, but to wonder, be like, is this, is this really good? Is this, are they going to like it? Because I think it makes you more involved in your, in your, you know, creative process mm. because you're more interested in, you know, your listeners, your audience enjoying it. I know there's probably performers out there that don't give, pardon my French, they don't, they don't care. You know, they're just like, show me the money. I'll show up you know, and I'll sing or I'll dance or, you know, and no shade to them because if that's how you're living your life. That's how you're living your life. But I don't feel like for a true creative musician or performer, you really want to have more of a connection with your audience. Yeah, and I'm lucky enough to have a lot of family friends around um, living in our area. So whenever I'm playing at a show, I have a lot of support there and uh, people that are 
room for me and stuff like that. So that's a nice feeling to have when you're playing somewhere is um, just people that support you like your music. And because uh, a lot of times when you're playing out places, uh, people might not know who you are, especially when you're starting out. And uh, it's nice to have that person out there that knows who you are and kind of gives you that confidence to either interact with the crowd or stuff like that, which is cool. And as a as a listener, as a music, you know, person that listens to music personally, I love hearing new, new things. Like when I heard, you know, uh, I kind of like it. I was like, this is, this is phenomenal. It's hmm. so it's so joyful to find like new stuff, new music, new people to, to come across uh, a weird film. And you're like, nobody saw this. This was great. It's yeah. amazing. And I wanted to jump right back. I know Kira's like, Shut up, pup. But I wanted to hear high school experience. I t I mentioned or I commented on on your Instagram that you and Raleigh Keegan need to collaborate. Your stories, your I hate to say it, but your origin stories, your high school origin stories are very similar. Oh, okay. he, was, he was the same. He loved music, but um, it was kind of expected of him to play football, right? Mm -hmm. To do this, to do that, and he. He unabashedly says he would sneak away at lunch to practice his trombone. Mm -hmm. trombone. Yeah, trombone in the band room at lunch because mm -hmm. it it was his passion. He and his wife sold their house and moved to Nashville oh. with no no prospects. So yeah. I I really I'm gonna I'm gonna message him. I'm gonna say Raleigh, you need to check Sage out because you're very your voices are very similar you have that growl that he does as well and i think it would be amazing yeah yeah that'd be awesome i'd love to talk with him yeah. well, and you mentioned the growl like his your voice the voice that was something i did not expect you know it's like it's looking at josh turner and then seeing like okay you're not like this deep baritone guy you're not gonna sound like that and then you, he opens his mouth and it's like what i'm like <laughs> what in the world just happened what just happened right now and i had the same experience with you when i was listening to your music because i was oh, looking yeah. at you was like i was like oh you know i i kind of pictured you like a, a dirks bentley like kind of just from looks and then you sit there and you start singing and i'm like whoa his voice is really rich and powerful and it, it, it like tripped me up and I was like, this is amazing. And so um, now with, with the, the singing and stuff, like, did you do vocal lessons or anything? Or is that just a natural, like, this is me? Um, so it's kind of similar to like what I said before of not wanting to do music because of, I was afraid of what people would think. I, I was heavy into sports. So I, uh, I never ever would like sing or anything like that in high school really because just like, Oh, I was a sports guy. So I wasn't going to try to like do that as well. Cause um, I was like, Oh, people would make fun of me when they probably wouldn't have. But um, yeah, I never had vocal lessons. My mom is a, my mom is a singer. Um, she sang in high school and stuff like that. And uh, she's like giving me some tips here and there on like, stuff to do or like with breath support. But other than that, I just kind of have learned either by singing along with songs in the car or hearing stuff on the radio and trying to replicate that myself or stuff like that. And 
I think one thing too with singing and I'm not a, I'm not the best singer, but I'm working on it because I haven't done it professionally until this year. And um, one thing that was kind of a eye opener was when you're younger or trying to sing, you sing and you hear what you think coming from your ears, hearing your voice. But once you record yourself and hear it back, it's either like, oh, what the heck was that? Or it's like, oh, okay, I'll sing like that and then it'll sound better. So that was one thing that my mom gave me a tip on was like either recording yourself and hearing yourself sing back because it's very different hearing voice just from your ear live than hearing like a recording. So, but yeah, to answer your question, I, I just have kind of sang on my own and kind of formed my voice on my own, I guess, with no vocal lessons or anything like that. <clears throat> I can see that. I am offended by my own voice every time I edit a show. So <laughs> I, I'm on board for this trauma. But um, you said no vocal lessons. And high school, I would not, I don't think it's changed from the time that I went to high school, from the time Kira went to high school to the time you went to high school. High school is very, very much about boxes. Yep. These are shocks. These are the nerves these are the chorus geeks, right? Or the band geeks. And I hate that kids probably still today feel like, like you did. I can't do both. Mm-hmm. The quarterback can't be in the performance of Annie. It's just like, let kids, let kids and teens do what they want. Let them, I got, I got chorus practice at three, football starts at four, whatever. If mm-hmm. the kid wants to do it, let them do it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like, a lot of my friends knew that I played guitar and stuff, um, but nobody really knew that I like would kind of write my own music here and there and stuff like that and like sing behind closed doors and stuff like that. Um, I was just very like, like you said, I did sports, so um, I played sports and that's kind of the group that I stuck with. And uh, I mean, people knew that I played music, but I wasn't like out there pushing it necessarily like, oh, I also play music. I was just kind of go with the flow and I do sports and stuff like that. So, yeah. See, now when I was growing up, uh, guys that played, guys that played the guitar were like lame. They were like trying to go because that's what, you know, that's what you saw on TV. That's what you saw in the films. Now guitar players are cool. They're sexy. They're hot. It's like, what the heck? Yeah. Um, (laughs) I've always seen that in shows with like guys playing guitar to girls. And I was always like, Ugh, cringe I would never ever do that because I just think that's so try hard but yeah <laughs> now I'm now I'm the one out playing guitar in front of lots of people so yeah right. that's now it's all the girls now you're playing the guitar in front of all of the girls yeah <laughs> yeah I don't, I don't get a choice of what girls I'm playing in front of it's whoever shows up but yeah I think I'm getting used to it right now playing in front of a crowd and uh just interacting with people because I was the I was a guitar player in a band for a while um, for one of my friends. His name is Sam Luna. And uh, I played guitar for him for a couple of years. And I was never the one singing or talking to the crowd. So that was kind of comfortable for me to just play the guitar, um, do my job. And that was kind of that for the show where it transitioned to this year, like, I started performing my own songs in the band. Like he'd let me 
have the time to promote my own music, which is super cool from him. And um, he's also another upcoming artist. If you guys want any more um, new artists on your podcast. Um, yeah, his name's Sam Luna. And uh, he he has like photos tagged in my Instagram and stuff like that. So you can find him through that. Um, but yeah, I play guitar for him. And I just started this year performing my own songs live playing with the band. And then to now this fall, I started doing my own solo acoustic shows. So it's a very different change of scenery from just being kind of a guitar player holding down the fort with uh, the guitar to going to playing guitar also while singing and also trying to interact with the crowd and keep people entertained. It's very different, but I'm getting used to it. Right. I feel like if I was a performer, a guitar player and singer, I would stand there with my head down, you know, but you have to interact. You have to make eye contact, right? While your hands, your fingers are busy, you're singing, you're performing, and you still have to like make eye contact and smile and wink if it's saucy, you know, it's too much for me. I, this, this is the extent of my interaction with people. I think just talking everything else. I have mad respect for people who can get up on stage and do things, whether you're a musician, uh, a drag queen, whatever you're doing that gets you up in front of people, kudos, Mm -hmm. kudos because that means it doesn't have to be me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's it's different. It's a showman thing too, right? So like you've got to sit there and find that balance between, and I guess it comes with being comfortable in your music, you know, like as you've played songs over and over again, have -hmm. you found that it's like you're, you're more able to be present outside of just you and the guitar and be able to perform? Yeah, definitely. Once you get used to playing the same songs or like used to playing the same chords and you learn the lyrics and you know them pretty much like the back of your hand, it's it's a lot easier to just let that kind of flow naturally because muscle memory will kick in and you won't have to necessarily think about the lyrics or the chords. So then you can kind of focus on, oh, okay, while I'm playing, I'll look out there and see, oh, this person's paying attention. Oh, this person's paying attention. I might try to chat with them once the song's over or something like that. Um, You kind of have to be aware of everything that's going on, which is a lot at the same time playing and singing and looking at lyrics or chords or whatever. And then also trying to interact with the people that you're playing for. Um, So like I said, I'm getting used to that, um, trying to balance everything. Um, But yeah, like you said, it is easier once you are comfortable with the music that you're playing. Um, I have um, a question about your touring and stuff. So how far have you gone on like going and playing in front of people? Are you guys just more so local like state or have you traveled to other states? So right now I'm just kind of playing solo acoustic shows like within like an hour, hour and a half radius of uh, where I live. And that's just kind of like to pay the bills and stuff like that. Um, I'm in the process right now of building a band. Um, myself mm-hmm. and my producer are working on getting some other guys to play with us. And we're going to be hopefully booking some shows next year um, in some cool venues around locally. And then um, as I release more music, we're hoping to book a tour to go 
kind of where my listeners are. Um, there's this cool thing with Spotify and Apple Music where you can see where your listeners are in the world. And um, we're just going to kind of base it off of that and schedule some shows and go tour because I've always wanted to be able to go tour and play at different places. So, yeah, it'll be cool. That's really cool. And um, one more question, and I'm going to let Pup like jump back in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I um, was wondering if there is any like end all be all person you would love to like partner with either on a song, on an album, on a tour. So, um, yes, to answer your question, um, there is this country duo right now and they're, I listen to them all the time and they're not that well known right now. They're just kind of coming up through the label and stuff like that. I believe they're signed through Sony and they're called Seaforth. It's spelled S E A F O R T H. They're from Australia. Um, they're, they're two best friends. They grew up in a suburb called Seaforth actually, hence their band name. And I've seen them a few times live and talked with the guys and they're, they're so good. Like they should be getting all the awards because their sound is so amazing. And that's kind of also like who I based my music off of kind of my sound. Like I have my own twist to it, but their sound is so good. Um, and I love it. And I just like, I try to get a same full sound that they have and then put my own twist on it as well. So Seaforth, you should check them out. They're super great. Um, but yeah, I'd love the opportunity to tour with them or just work on a song. Uh, Kira knows that I talk a lot and I, I already forgot what I was going to ask you. Um, you said you're touring locally right now. Oh, the Spotify thing. Not to bring up Band Geek Raleigh again, but he said the same thing. It was good to look at the analytics and see that, oh, people in Rome, Georgia, there were 300 yep. downloads. Yeah. And then plan your tours accordingly. So you're not going to, I don't know, Fargo and three people show up and you're like, well, crap. <laughs> yeah. And I think as much as Spotify does some things that aren't great, we know that. But mm. as much as that happens, to have something that gives you a good analytic um, of where your downloads are, where your listeners are. I think that's, that's something that wasn't here like 10 years ago. Bands yeah. just, and they piled into a big van or a big box truck and they drove to, to bars, to, to small venues, hoping. So I think, and you're a young guy too. I think that your audience now is in a very lucky place because five years from now, 10 years from now, when you have blown up, they were there from the beginning, yeah. you know what? And you don't forget the people that were there at the beginning, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. I think they're in a very, very fortunate place uh, with you. And I think they're going to grow with you. And I think the crowds are going to grow anyways, right? Yeah, that, I mean, that's a goal. Yeah. I just wish we could get you in Florida. Or Texas, Kira. I know Texas too. <laughs> we'll just have to maybe road trip to Michigan. What do you think, Kara? I think that'd be fun. Yeah, I'm down. Like, like it's like Michigan is crazy because, like, I um I used to live in North Carolina, and my ex husband worked for Michael Waltrip, the NASCAR driver, and okay. he would drive. Yeah. 
he would drive the show cars to the races each weekend. And so we would hang there. Like we never wouldn't go to the race. We just dropped the show car off there to show at the racetrack. Mm-hmm. And then we would have so much fun just, you know, going and experiencing things. And Michigan, we we were in Ann Arbor because of the racetrack right there. Yeah. And we so we stayed in Ann Arbor. And that place is beautiful. I, I It is so pretty. Ann Arbor is just gorgeous. Mm-hmm. However, there's some statistics out there after we had gone. I read up the statistics and I was like, well, okay. It's really pretty, but uh, maybe there's some places that aren't so good there. And I just didn't stumble across them. But mm-hmm. um, they had like this huge, like, and maybe you know what I'm talking about. It was like this huge gas station like thing, but they had jerky of all of the animals. Like you could have elk jerky, you could have bear jerky. It was the most craziest thing ever. And I'm sitting here like, wow. And I'm like, I'm from Texas. So jerky is like our thing. That's like what we do. Yeah. We do jerky and like beef jerky or whatever. And I'm sitting there and I'm looking at this place and I was like, they have caribou. They've got all of I have to try all of these things now. So I went through like the whole line of like all of the different kinds of animal jerkies that they had in this thing. And I have never been able to figure out what that place was again. So I would love to go to Michigan to see you and also to be like, go on a, on a search. Like where is Carmen San Diego? Like search for this, you know, massive amounts of jerky of all different kinds of animals again. That sounds like a Bucky's. <laughs> yeah. That's what it sounds like too. You got a <laughs> <laughs> I've got a Bucky's. It's like 10 minutes away. They do not have all of this jerky. I don't know. Maybe you dreamt it. Maybe it was a hallucinogenic dream. <laughs> maybe, maybe. It was really fun, though. That was a really fun trip. That's where I ended up down eight mile in okay. Detroit. I had oh, no okay. clue. It was really fun. But yeah, Michigan is like, it is the people there are so friendly and they're just <laughs> so fun. And they're, I love the way that they talk. Cause I'm like Texan. So like, I've got my own accent, but then I go there and I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is music to my ears. And they're like, yeah, yours <laughs> is really weird too. And I'm like, yeah, cool. So we'll do that. Definitely. Yeah. Well, one of my favorite singers is from Michigan and I'm blanking on where his uh, city is. Uh, Casey Stratton though. And <laughs> up until that point, I was like, there's singers in Michigan. There's performers in Michigan. I don't know what I thought Michiganders did, <laughs> but up until that, I was like, people can sing up there. Yeah, it's crazy. There's a lot of like groups and a lot of um, performers that come out of Michigan. And it's like, really? Yeah. Um, even in my town, uh, my hometown is called Battle Creek. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's actually a lot of super great bands local bands that play around here and upcoming talent like we just had a there's a girl that goes to the high school that I went to she uh, was on national television for uh, a songwriters competition with Kelly Clarkson and Snoop Dogg yeah yeah and that was on MTV yeah 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 she was on that uh her name's Ada Leanne and she's a really great singer she has some awesome songs um and I I'm hoping to get her on a song soon it'd be super cool to have a feature with her um, but yeah, she was just on national tel- television. Um, there's my buddy, Sam, that I just mentioned. Um, there's, there's a lot of great talent, I think from our town and, um, it's cool to see kind of the songs that people come up with or the music that they create and just to see kind of their own journeys and stuff like that. Sounds good. Well, we're definitely, we're definitely going to look up Sam and going way back to the beginning, the bands you said your dad played with. Mary Go Down, and what was the other one? Stingray. 
Stingray. I knew it started with an S. That's awesome. Does yeah. he still does he still play the drums? Does he still get down there? Um, so he's he still plays the drums. He actually uh in the band I played with Sam, it was called the Sam Luna band. Um Sam was the lead singer promoting his music, and then I was his guitarist. He played guitar as well. And uh Sam's dad, Dave Luna is his name, he played bass, and then oh. my dad played the drums in the band. So um we had the two father sons and then we had a another family friend um named Chris Gillette. He played the keys for us. So it was a super cool kind of like family slash friend band that we had going on. And we played some cool shows around and um played in I think a couple weddings as well. So that's yeah. the most wholesome thing I've ever heard in my life. I swear to <laughs> God. I swear to God. I feel like and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like you were raised right. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely was. Well, what's up next for you? Continuing to to tour locally, hopefully, and, you know, nationally. Mm-hmm. Is it coming out? Where can people find it? So um, my music that's out right now is the two songs. Uh, I kind of like it in Last Goodbye. And it's just a lot of people ask me, like, what's your stage name? And it's, it's just my name. It's Sage Castleberry. <laughs> so uh you find me on spotify apple music all that stuff and uh i have a new song coming out in uh hopefully the next couple months um it's in the works right now of getting finished up with my producer and mixing engineer and stuff like that so that one will be coming out and uh other than that i'll just be continuing to write and record all through the winter um i'll be taking a little bit of a break from releasing music and kind of clump it all together and hopefully have possibly EP coming out next spring or early summer. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of music that I've got to come out. Um, it just, the paying for the music to get made is the thing that is the tricky yeah. part for me is being an up and coming musician. So, um, but yeah, there, there'll be a lot of music coming out. Right. Do you still do a nine to five and play music? I did do a seasonal position this summer um, to get some extra money and help pay for the bills. But um, I've been lucky enough to book enough gig to book um, like gigs throughout the week. So I don't have like a nine to five job. I'm just kind of working on promoting my music in the day or posting on social media, keeping updated with people. Um, And then I play my gigs at night and stuff like that. So, well, I am. I'm really looking forward to seeing that debut album come out with more and more and more Sage. I think it's going to be, I am incredibly blessed talking about your audience. I'm incredibly blessed to be talking to you now. Cause I know in a few years, I'm going to say, I took, you know, Karen, <laughs> we talk to this kid when you're up there, you know, the Amway center or wherever, you know, be like, we talked to him. He was so sweet. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's amazing. And I know you're on social media at Sage Castleberry pretty much everywhere. Yeah, it's either just at Sage Castleberry or Sage underscore Castleberry. I try to keep everything kind of the same format with everything. It's so much easier that way. Yeah. Sure. yeah. All right, Kira, final thoughts? No, outside of you, I thank you so much for coming and talking with us and, and spending the time going through your whole process and what's coming up. I'm, I'm really excited um, because I... After hearing your music, and I know you're just now coming up, 
but I feel like it won't take you very long to break through. I think with your determination and your just sheer gung-ho attitude, like I'm doing this, this is how it's going to go on top of, you know, your range and your music and all of that. I think it's, I think you're going to go pretty far. So um, I'm just going to ask you, like when you get big, come back on our show and talk with us about the rest of your journey. Cause I want to, I want to hear, you know, those yeah. experiences that you've had and, and things that you've learned along the way and that we can maybe pass down to up and coming musicians to help them be able to break through too. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to. That'd be awesome. And please don't lose your sweetness. Don't get jaded out there. Okay. No, I won't. My mom is, she's very good at keeping me humble with everything that goes on and, uh, yeah, I, I will not become jaded with anything for sure. I can just, I can just hear, listen, you might be a musician, but you're also my kid. So you're yeah. going to, <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's like, you know what? Stay humble and kind. That's what she always, says. So that's what I, I always have that to remember from her. I think that's what we're going to go out. We're going to go out with that. Everybody listening, stay humble and stay kind. Sage, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. All right. Bye. Bye. bye.